Today on the news and why it matters, the 2020 Democrats, the state of them uh, ahead of the Nevada caucus this weekend. Also, the Trump administration announces a peace deal with the Taliban. We have got it all for you today, and it starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. Happy Friday. I am Sarah Gonzalez, today joined by the one and only Pat Gray of Pat Gray Unleashed. Thanks for being Hello. here, Pat. Yes. <laughs> Jason Buttrell, chief researcher of the Glenn Beck program. And uh, Giancarlo Sopo from TheBlaze.com. Thanks for being here, guys. Uh, so let's talk about, you know, Nev Nevada. Yes, Nevada. I keep... I say it Nevada, and people keep getting mad online that I'm saying Nevada. I understand you guys say it weird. I'll say it for you. Weird. Is it Nevada. Is it tomato or tomato? Tomato. Okay. But also Nevada. It's Nevada. <laughs> Anybody who lived in the West knows it's Nevada. I know. That's what they tell me, but yes. it just feels weird to say. Mm. So uh, the Nevada caucus is, of course, tomorrow. Um, and, you know, we just had the last presidential debate for the Democrats uh, earlier this week. We've got another one next week. Um, and we were just kind of going over the national polls off air. But I wanted to bring up uh, a new poll that just came out from, of course, Joe Biden's key primary state of South Carolina. Now, South Carolina is the very next election to uh, take place after Nevada. It is on February 29th. And Joe Biden... Historically, back in September, he had a 20-point lead uh, in South Carolina. Recent polling shows that he has dwindled down to a five-point lead. So Joe Biden, 24% support in South Carolina, with Bernie Sanders rising to 19% support. Um, and he has improved by eight percentage points since September in that same poll. Um, Pat, is this... Is it I guess is it surprising and does it worry you at all? Does it worry me for Joe? I'm not really that worried about. I Joe. mean, does it worry you um, that the Democrats are? I mean, it, it looks like they are going to have a socialist. true blue socialist mm -hmm. as their uh, their nominee. No, I I you know I think that um, at least I hope Americans are still Americans and we reject a socialist president. Um, I he'll get a lot of votes from young people if he's the nominee. But Trump will have that opportunity to show the big dichotomy. This is, and he's the biggest dichotomy between what Trump will bring to the table and has brought to the table and, and what he's proposing. I mean, you couldn't have a starker, clearer choice. Yeah. And I think that plays well for, for Donald Trump. I hope. Jason, what do you think? I'm absolutely, absolutely shocked that, uh, that Biden is doing that bad in South Carolina. And I, I mean, he was counting on the black vote and I, even there, it looks like tur turning on him. You know, uh, Glenn was just talking to Candace Owens and she was saying that she thinks that um, Republicans are going to get 20 to 30% of the black vote, which I don't think has ever happened. Huge. No. Right? I think so. It's ever. Um, I, I think that if Bernie Sanders does get the nomination, they're, get, they're setting up for a historic loss. And I was just looking, I'm talking with Stu on Stu Does America about this tonight, but I kind of see Bernie Sanders as the grumpy, you know, communist version of Barry Goldwater, 1964. Um, both radicals, considered radicals of their time, mm -hmm. only Goldwater was the radical then. He lost a historic election, as most radicals in elections do. I think it's still historic for what it was. It was the largest uh, popular vote defeat, I think, ever. 
Um, but look what it did to the party. And this is where it gets scary because historic defeat, he goes on and, you know, that's when we had the uh, time for choosing uh, speech by Ronald Reagan, maybe one of the best speeches ever. Um, but then going forward, it led this huge youth movement to spurn, you know, the modern day conservatism. What is that doing to the Democratic Party right now if he gets nominated? Well, it happened the same way with all those young people that you pointed out that are now looking at him for guidance. Yeah. So we may win big now. What does that say for the future? Yeah, yeah to have a full-blown communist as the, as the head of the Democratic Party or the standard bearer of the party from now to Election Day is pretty scary in large now part. Now let's just, well, hold on. Yeah. He doesn't call himself a communist. No, I'm calling him a communist. Well, right, but just just to clarify here, yeah. he is not selling himself as a communist. You're just, you know, judging him by his own actions. And yeah, I mean, I'm judging him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, anyone who in the 60s, 70s, and 80s was siding with the likes of Fidel Castro and the mm-hmm. Soviets, uh, that person would be called a communist. We wouldn't bother with any, any of these little silly philosophical nuances. Mm-hmm. Um, what's happening in South Carolina, I think, is that Bloomberg is is appealing to a certain cross section of, of black of black voters who kind of see him as just having a, a a ton of money that he could pump into a general election. They see that they they think he's more viable at this point than Joe Biden. So Biden's numbers are, are collapsing because of that because some of his supporter base is is being transferred over to Bloomberg, and the, the greatest beneficiary of this transaction is is Bernie Sanders because mm-hmm. uh, B- Biden's candidacy is dead in the water if he does not. I would say, like, he can't just, like, barely win South Carolina. He has to, like, pretty convincingly win South Carolina. Um, and what we're going to see in Nevada is uh, Bernie Sanders is probably going gonna, is, is gonna to win that pretty handily if you see all the polls. But I, I guess you never know. The, the Democrats can't run a caucus. So we'll see what happens there. Um, but I, I, I really am terrified, like, like you said, Jason, for the future of the country because— Sanders's ideology is going to be normalized and their meat is going to be gaslighting the country saying that it's normal, that this is just what they have in Europe. It's not what they have in Europe. His tax rates are much higher than anything that they have in Europe. Europe isn't proposing to confiscate private assets or any of that uh, nonsense. They've been moving away from nationalized industries for decades. Um, so I really think we're in a heap of trouble. And uh, sure, maybe uh, I actually I have no doubt that President Trump is going to defeat Bernie Sanders. But ideologically, I think it's going to have a, a bad long-term effect on the country. Uh, Pat, to Giancarlo's point, I you said that Sanders' ideas will get normalized. I mean, aren't they already? Because mm-hmm. you have Bernie Sanders who proposed Medicare for All, what, four years ago? And everyone laughed at him. Nobody wanted to vote for it. And now yeah. it's the platform for every single 2020 Democratic candidate. Yeah, I'll never forget being called racist in 2009 when we called... Uh, Barack Obama's proposal for Obamacare, <clears throat> just a precursor to socialized medicine, mm. to socialism. Oh, that's your, you're just racist. <laughs> well, here they are just a few short years later, really bashing Obamacare. Mm. That, Obamacare sucks now to them. And they've wholeheartedly embraced the universal single-payer health care system. It's you, really amazing. You guys called that then and said, yeah. look what's going to happen, right. what that's a precursor to. And now, if you just, now, they wouldn't say that then. Now they're saying, yeah, that's basically what it was. And they're going a step further, and the Democratic Socialists of America are saying, well, yeah, yeah, that's what it was. But now, once we get single-payer health care, that's the precursor to seize more and more of, this, of the capitalist system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're, they're telling us exactly what they're doing. Yeah. But then when you call them out on it in public, you know, like on a debate stage, like, no, that's not what we're doing. We're, we're Denmark. Crying out loud. Some people yeah. were calling Obamacare a, a, a Trojan horse. You remember that? And then the 
architect of yes. Obamacare came out and said, well, it's, it's not a Trojan horse, it's right is there. it? It's just, it's it's just right, right there. there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm just telling you, that's what we want. Right. That's, we're going to get there. We, we weren't hiding it. <laughs> we're being very clear about this particular Amazing. thing. Uh, I also feel like he's like yeah. being very deceptive with these comparisons to Denmark. Yes. The, the Danes do Big not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Danes do not ban private insurance. Mm-hmm. A significant population, right. uh, percentage of the population there has private insurance. The only country that I know of, at least in this hemisphere, that bans private insurance is Cuba. Mm. Um, so he, he's not working off the, the European social democratic model. He's working off the old Soviet model. Mm. Uh, well, Elizabeth Warren desperately trying to hang on for dear life in this race. She took issue to uh, Mike Bloomberg, who came out the other day and said the real winner of the last debate was Donald Trump, which uh, he said, if, if we choose a candidate who appeals to a small base, a small base like Senator Sanders, it will be a fatal error. Uh, and Elizabeth Warren, she said that Bloomberg is wrong and he should just, like, drop out. That would be really, really convenient for everyone. Watch. What happens from here? Well, I hope that Michael Bloomberg decides to live by what he says. He just wants to see the Democrats beat Donald Trump. So that's great. Mike Bloomberg, drop out of the race. Uh, keep putting your money in to help Democrats beat Donald Trump and just take your ego out of this. I mean, it's interesting for someone to say, take your ego out of this, who's polling way lower than Mm -hmm. Mike Bloomberg, even though she's been in the race for far longer. Yeah. I also love that she wants him out of the race, but she wants him to give her his money. (laughs) Oh, okay. That's a pretty good arrangement. He's he's an evil billionaire when he's using it to help his own political aspirations. But if he he drops out, he can still give us all their money to help ours. Right. Really, really interesting uh, to see how desperate Elizabeth Warren is getting, Giancarlo. Yeah. I think also it's kind of comical because clearly the path, the the greatest challenge uh, to the nomination for her and the rest of the Democratic field is not Mike Bloomberg. It's it's Bernie Sanders. Mm Sanders beats all of them on a one-on-one matchup. They could probably take down Mike Bloomberg if it was a one-on-one. The one they have to get rid of is Bernie Sanders. So what that points to, what that suggests to me is that there's some kind of ulterior motive here. Maybe she's positioning herself to be a running mate for Bernie Sanders. Mm-hmm. I, I can't possibly see, Bernie Sanders is so far to the left, I can't possibly see him um, trying to triangulate or moderate by, by having a, a moderate vice president or something like that, like mm-hmm. someone like Tim Kaine or someone like that, right? Yeah. I, I just don't see him doing that. He's going to want to nominate a fellow progressive, maybe someone who's just not uh, as, as radical as he is. So he's going to go with a, a, a phony like Elizabeth Warren. That's a, that's a good call. I, I'm, 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 I'm fully expecting Tulsi Gabbard. I think that would be the smartest really? move he could do. Yeah, um, because makes she, sense because she was a supporter of his last time around. Which most people are forgetting that. Mm-hmm. They are ideologically the same. Mm-hmm. She's not conservative. Um, the only reason conservatives have warmed to her because she actually sounds sane on a few things. So doesn't that? So isn't that interesting to see what a difference the messaging makes when you've got Bernie Sanders who is angry and yelling all the time, and you see that he's crazy, and then you've got Tulsi Gabbard who ideologically is the same, but the way she presents herself is so different that yeah. you think that she's not at all the same. I know. Yeah. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. It's, it's branding. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, it's scary. It's scary for for our side as well because a lot of people have been like, yeah, she's great and everything and politics and yay. No, you're 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 advocating for basically what Warren and Bernie Sanders and all of them are advocating for, mm-hmm. and really all of them up there are advocating the pretty much the same thing with minor tweaks in it. There's not a single moderate on that stage, even though they're trying to say Buttigieg and Klobuchar are. No, they're not. Yeah. Uh, Pat, Jason and I had a little bit of, well, not a disagreement, but he said he thought that Elizabeth Warren won 
the last Democratic debate. I said I didn't think that she won. I thought that she did the best job of making, you know, making negative attacks on Bloomberg, but she didn't do anything to help herself. Mm. Who's right? No pressure. On Thursday's debate? Yeah. Uh, Donald Trump won. <laughs> Donald Trump won that debate big time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they beat each other with some of the same sticks we would use if, if we yeah. were talking to them. I mean, it was fantastic to watch. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think any of them came out looking good in that or, uh, or with any kind of momentum. Um, so, yeah, I think I think Trump benefited the most. By but that Bernie debate. did manage to to remain unscathed because everyone decided to go negative on uh, on Bloomberg, which, Giancarlo, to your point earlier, it, it did seem weird that Elizabeth Warren would go negative on Bloomberg because it's not like she's trying to pull voters from him. That's not really her voting block. Yeah, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Uh, the, the the greatest challenge to her nomination is Bernie Sanders. It's not Mike Bloomberg. Mm-hmm. Um I, I she did, just kind of paved the way for Bernie to just keep going without anyone challenging him. Right, right. It kind of reminds me a lot of 2016 when Christy Rubio yeah. and Ted Cruz kept going at each other. Um, so they're they're kind of engaged in this circular firing squad, and the greatest beneficiary to that is Bernie San- uh, Bernie Sanders, who you're already kind of seeing in the poll. So like he's already starting to inch up his his share of the vote. So I'll, I'll give you an example. I think last week he was like at 26%. He was not cracking 26% in any of the polls. Mm-hmm. Now he's either like in the high 20s, like like 29 or, or, or in the low 30s in some of these national polling averages. Mm-hmm. So whatever it is that they're doing, it's not working. All, all that it's doing is ensuring that Bernie Sanders is going to be the nominee. And if he goes into that convention, with, the, with even if he doesn't break the threshold with the, uh, with the plurality of delegates mm-hmm. and, he, and they don't give him the nomination, there's going to be a riot. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, up next, Elizabeth Warren bashes a trans athlete bill that would limit girls' sports to, oh, I don't know, biological females. Bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it works out for her. But first, Black Rifle Coffee Company is a veteran-owned and operated premium small-batch roast-to-order coffee company for you, the patriot. Uh, they import only the highest quality beans from around the world, and they roast their coffees for you after you place your order. So you are getting the freshest coffee available. They've got a whole bunch of different blends that you can choose from. My personal favorite is the calf blend, which is double the caffeine uh, just to get you going for the day. And it does, let me tell you. You can also join Black Rifle Coffee Club. Uh, so they ship all of their the coffee that you pick. You pick the blends and they ship it directly to your home or office for free. Every month. And uh, so you're not left at 11 o'clock at night trying to make the coffee for the next morning and going, oh, cool, we're out. Now I got to go to the store. Yeah, Black Rifle, make sure you don't have to do that. Uh, you can go to blackriflecoffee.com slash why. That is blackriflecoffee.com slash why. Use promo code why. You will get 20% off uh, your first order. And that includes Black Rifle Coffee Club. Uh, just in case, for those of you who are not great at math, that's a discount on top of a discount, you don't want to miss out on that deal. It is blackriflecoffee.com slash why. Use promo code why. Go there now. <laughs> Senator Elizabeth Warren uh, came out yesterday against a proposed bill in Arizona that would limit girl sports to biological females. I know. Really crazy, controversial hate-mongering bill going on in Arizona, or as we here at the table like to call it, just common sense. Uh, Let's see. Republican State Representative Nancy Bardo's proposed bill would bar biologically male athletes who identify as transgender girls from competing in girls' sports. Uh, 
and of course, this is coming as we keep seeing all of these wins racking up uh, for mm-hmm. transgender females who were born male competing against biological females. So Elizabeth Warren in her tweet wrote, Trans athletes are not a threat. We need to protect oh. trans kids and all LGBTQ kids. I'm sorry. L- I did this the other day, too. LGBTQ plus kids. Oh. I'm sorry for all of the pluses that what's, I may have offended by leaving it out. Please don't ask me on camera. I have no idea. <laughs> and ensure they feel safe and welcomed at school. I urge the Arizona legislature to reject this cruel bill. Um I feel like she is at the the Beto point of her campaign where she is just trying to latch on to any sort Mm. of special interest group that might take her under their wing and give her some sort of boost. I don't see it working out for her in this case. Uh, Well, they're point. 7% 7% of the population. Oh. So that could really put her over the top. <laughs> Give her a boost. Yeah, go to the trans population for your for your victory. Uh, you know, bills like that have to happen mm-hmm. because uh, they're going to crush women's sports. Mm-hmm. I can't believe how nonchalant they are about Title IX mm-hmm. when that was the best law that's ever been passed right. in the history of mankind as protection for women's sports. Now they're willing to just flush women's sports right down the drain. You cannot say that, uh, that trans people don't have an, an advantage over biological women it's just it's absurd it's ludicrous and all the athletes know it and that's why there's a backlash in the sports against the trans athletes it's mm-hmm. even there's one trying out for the u.s women's olympic team this year yeah, yeah it's unbelievable jason uh i also take a little bit of issue with her wording we need to protect trans kids and ensure they feel safe and welcomed at school like that's not you're already doing that without making sure mm-hmm. that they can compete in these particular sports. So I feel like she's really conflating two different issues here into one. Talk about protect. The people you need to protect are those girls, girls. in this. Yeah. Right. We've, 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 we've talked about it before, but I mean, in that, that MMA fight mm-hmm. where the man crushed her skull. Her skull. Yeah. For crying out loud. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know what? This is what pisses me off about the media is they will not... Hold her accountable to this. Everyone pushing this right now. I mean, why don't they say, okay, how do you respond to the girls in Connecticut right now that they're they're actually suing the state because they're saying you're crushing women's sports? Mm -hmm. They're just pretending that it doesn't even exist. It doesn't happen. I mean, how hypocritical are these people that they're talking about this war on women and then they're eliminating a sport for you know, sports for women? Mm -hmm. What the? I can't. And all the opportunity for the for the girls. For you know. Yeah. When, when you're finishing third instead of first, and you would have won all those races, mm-hmm. there were, in, in the Connecticut case, 18 of them, where uh, another, another uh, of the girls would have won those races because she finished third because there were two trans athletes wow. in those races. Well, now the colleges are going to be less interested because yep. you're only a third-place finisher. They, don't, they want the champions. Yeah, you're talking about scholarships that yeah. are going down the toilet just yep. because Absolutely. of this. Absolutely. Sean Carlo. I would get my butt kicked by either a female or a trans female in any sport. I am not an athletic <laughs> person. But, uh, but that said, I fully agree. Um, and I think we talked about this on the other show. Um, why not just create a separate category to let mm-hmm. trans people compete? Mm-hmm. That just seems like the most fair thing to do. It doesn't make a lot of sense to have, you know... Uh, a, a trans woman compete against a biological woman in the same sport. 
if just cre- just create a separate category. Mm-hmm. Right. It seems a lot more fair and reasonable. Yeah, but you know, you can be safe and welcomed at school without getting your way every single time that you whine and complain. Just saying, it's the same conversation I have with my seven-year-old boy at home. And by the way, yes, he is a boy. Uh, so John Bolton, after months of you know the Democrats talking about how we really needed to hear from John Bolton, he was essential to the impeachment case. His testimony would have been the nail in the coffin, so to speak, for President Trump's impeachment trial. He finally broke his silence uh, and I think really kind of said, no, that's actually not the case, Democrats. He was at Vanderbilt University this week and he said that the impeachment efforts against Trump were, quote, grossly partisan, uh, while clarifying that his testimony would not have altered the president's acquittal in the Senate. Um, He said that the House committed impeachment malpractice. And uh, he said, people can argue about what I should have said and what I should have done. I would bet you a dollar right here and now my testimony would have made no difference to the ultimate outcome. Hold there on. There you have it. Spender. Well, there goes his hero status in the Democrat Party. <laughs> That's true. Dang it. Now they're going to go back to hating him again. That's, <laughs> was, That's amazing. I, I wish you would have I wish you would have testified because that would have been great to see them deflated right at the trial. Wouldn't that have been great? If it would have been great. They figured he was going to say one thing and he says something else. Uh, I would have loved to see that. I mean, I would have loved to have heard him come out at all and yeah, make, me too. you know, allude to any of this, even if he hadn't testified. It's really convenient mm-hmm. for him to say it now. It's, in, it's interesting the way he said it, though, because I almost read it a different way. I almost read it like he said, like he was he could be implying whatever, but he's saying that the, I don't know, I don't, this is the way I re- was reading it, is that the Republicans were, didn't care anyway because they were so partisan, so that, it made a difference. He said the House committed, committed impeachment malpractice. As a whole. As a whole, I guess. Well, so... I think so what you he, think that he meant you think that he meant the Republicans. I'm thinking that it, could, it definitely could have been read that way because he said that everyone was so partisan. So I mean, I think just from what he's saying, and remember, mm. he's setting up a book. Mm-hmm. So he's setting up this book mm-hmm. that Trump actually said some crazy things to him. So his case is, yeah, I, and I wanted to have nothing, no part of that. The thing with it, though, is that in my opinion, it wouldn't have mattered if he would have testified because they already knew what oh, he was going on, to say. Hold on, hold on. Might I just add a minor detail? Uh, He also said the process drove Republicans who might have voted for impeachment away because it was so partisan. Yeah, he was he he was clearly chastising Democrats in in his comments. I I think I covered the story yesterday for for, for the blaze. He was clearly chastising Democrats for the way that they managed this in the House. But on the same token, I think what what he was also saying was that the that the Republicans in the Senate were dead set on 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 how they were going to vote. That's. that, that, that could be a reasonable interpretation of his comments, but mm. he, he's, he's playing very coy because he doesn't want to give away the details of his book. He's got his book, yeah. Yeah. Now, the, the one thing, though, is that he, he did say, he, he also seemed to imply, though, that some Republicans were persuadable on mm. impeachment, right? Because if he's saying that just that the reason why... Right. That, um, the Democrats scared them off. Yeah, the Democrats so scared them off. That they were like, that, that they, these people were were probably persuadable in the first place. So I think he's like trying to like have it both ways here. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it is interesting that he is specifically calling out the Democrats. Um, and I, I guess now the Democrats are going to go back to calling John Bolton a, a, a Nazi war criminal or something. <laughs> yes. Right. But I mean, to your point, Jason, I'm sure huh. he is uh, not unhappy about all of the pre-orders to his book. Oh, that's a big bonus yeah. right there for sure. Yeah, I don't the, the the thing with Bolton is I yeah, I 
I'm not even sure if I buy everything he was saying just because of the way that it was released, the timing of everything. I, you know, how much he fast-tracked this once he knew that, you know, the impeachment thing was beginning. It just all smells to high heaven to me. But even regardless of what he said, if, if, if something sounds crazy in his book and he comes out in his book, I just don't see how it's going to be any different than what, from what we all, all knew. They would have asked him, did you say this was a drug deal? Yeah, I said that. You know, right. did, did President Trump even tell you he was doing this? Yeah, he did. Well, so what? That doesn't change the argument from Trump's side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, exactly. Because, like, Trump's, imp- Tr- Trump's lawyers clearly said... Even if everything, 100% of what the media is saying, that John Bolton is saying, if that were all true, you, you still have to vote to acquit the president. Right. He, he, still, yeah. he still has the power to condition uh, foreign aid, to investigate corruption. And the key issue in that trial was really whether there are reasonable suspicions behind what, what Hunter Biden was doing. Mm-hmm. And the answer, the answer there is clearly yes. Yeah. Uh, Coming up next, the Trump administration announces a peace deal with the Taliban. We will get into the specifics of that. But first, we're going to talk to you about NetSuite. So let me tell you what companies like Ring, uh, Tacovas, and even Blaze TV all have in common. Ah, we all use NetSuite to accelerate the growth of our company. So if you're an entrepreneur, you understand that uh, successful companies have to have the right tools and really know their numbers in order to grow, and more importantly, to grow their profits. Well, NetSuite by Oracle gives you the tools you need to accelerate your growth. You will get a full picture with NetSuite of your business. You've got finance, inventory, HR, customers. Everything is all under one umbrella, so you're not like switching to your HR platform, and then you've got your sales platform over here, and you don't have these, these platforms connect and really give you the bottom line. Um, it's also accessible through the cloud, so you can get it on your phone or your computer if you are in or out of the office, you have got to go to netsuite.com slash why. You can receive a, uh, a free guide today at netsuite.com slash why. Also get a free product tour. Uh, the guide is seven key strategies to grow your profits. Get a key, uh, a free product tour at netsuite.com slash why. I mean, I'm just saying if you like making money is all. If you don't like making money, I guess you can ignore this. But if you like making money, it is well worth your time. Go to netsuite.com slash why. In a pair of statements released Friday, the Trump administration and uh, the Taliban announced their agreement to sign a peace deal on February 29th, conditioned on a week-long reduction in violence across the country. Uh, Pompeo, Mike Pompeo, announced the deal on social media Friday morning. He said, after decades of conflict, we have come to to an understanding with the Taliban on a significant reduction in violence across Afghanistan. This is an important step on a long road to peace, and I call on all Afghans to seize this opportunity. The violence reduction, the decisive condition of the possible peace deal, is set to begin early Saturday, just after midnight. Uh... Jason, I'm going to go to you first really quickly just because you're like the military expert or whatever <laughs> here. Um, what, what, are you, what are your thoughts on, uh, on this particular peace deal? Well, it's depressing, uh, for one, just the finality of how long it's taken. You know, uh, I've, I fought in Afghanistan uh, right after 9-11 and had friends die there. Mm-hmm. And so it's very personal to me, this yeah. whole thing. I, I did not want to be there anymore. The problem is, is that the enemy we are fighting is still there, and that's who we're now dealing with. 
And it's inevitable they're going to take over the country again. They're just going to. Right now they're on the outskirts areas, you know, where there's not much out there. The uh, ANA, the Afghan National Army, they're the ones that kind of control and the actual government, the larger city centers. But I think that's going to end up, I think that's fleeting. I, I don't, it's not going to last. Um, this, is not a, this is not a ceasefire. It's just a reduction in hostilities, which doesn't mean much, yeah. which is probably, I'm assuming they have a little piece of paper and it's like, we need to do these things before we can start pulling troops out. I love that. Mm-hmm. I wish they would show us that so we can actually see, look, we have a plan to get our troops out. We're not just dragging all you guys along, just telling you that eventually we'll take some troops out. Mm-hmm. I want to see it. I want them to say, what's your plan? That's what we always miss from these things. And that's how we end up staying in locations forever. Um, but I think that, it, I, I don't remember, I think it's like a week of, uh, of you know, lower hostilities. Then they'll move on to the next stage, um, which could end up being a ceasefire. And then that would probably lead to pulling troops out. That's great. I, I, I have very little confidence that that's, they're going to continue to do that. They were on that road, what, just a few weeks ago or a month ago or something like that, and they killed an American troop, and then we went back to square one again. Right. So there's no dealing with these people. Uh, there's not. They don't care about some peace plan that we draw up. We've just got to say, look, we've got to tell the Afghan president, you guys are on your own now. Mm-hmm. We're going to go back to where we were uh, right after we helped you guys kick the Soviet Union out, which was keeping a small contingent of CIA intelligence officials that can monitor from a distance if there's any other terrorist activity, like another Osama bin Laden making training camps all over mm-hmm. there. We need to keep our eye on that, but we don't need our troops there anymore. We have a small intelligence contingency. Everybody else needs to get the heck out. I'm done with this. Pat. Me too. I'm, yeah, I'm all about pulling them out. You know, it, people will say, well, but the Taliban or, or ISIS or Al-Qaeda will sneak right back in and take it. Well, we can't stay there. for. Are, right. are we supposed to stay forever? Forever, right. We'd have to. Yeah. In order to prevent that, we'd have to. It's time to come home. And not just Afghanistan, Iraq, uh, Syria, South Korea, Japan, Germany. I'd bring our troops home, period. Yeah. All of them. Japan is insane to me. Because we're still treating them yeah. as if it's occupation time. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's not that bad. That's a little bit hyperbolic. But the, why do we? St- their constitution still relies on us to protect them. Yeah. World War II was how many years ago? We don't do that to Germany. We let the, we cut the Germans loose, mm. but not Japan. That's stupid. <laughs> Although we still have troops in Germany as well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, bring them home. It's incredible when you think about it, Giancarlo. I mean, it seems to me like like having a, a small contingency of intelligence advisors is certain, certainly appropriate. Uh, special operations folks, but the idea that a war that's been around um, like for almost the entirety of my adult life, um, I think I was like 18 or 17 when we first went into Afghanistan, and that almost 20 years later... And, he, and he's 80 now, yeah. so it's been a really long time. <laughs> yeah, and, and that like 20 years later, it's still going on. It just sounds kind of insane to me, and um, unless there are any major strategic threats um, to the United States... I. I think this is the right decision. Jason, what do you think the uh, the optics will be for President Trump? You know, he has he's done a lot when you're when we're talking about, you know, uh, fighting terrorists and terrorism. Um, I know, like you said, this is just it's a peace deal with the Taliban. So take that for what it is. Uh, and it's not like they're to be trusted. Surely the left is going to criticize him for it, but he's going to get criticized for anything from them. What are the optics for like the average American? That's a very good interesting question uh, I know because coming from you I <laughs> um, because it's really strange so the left will of course find a way to do it right but uh, people on the right even will, though will we'll also... hold on even though that's what the left advocates for right they always say well we, we just need to come up with a peace treaty with ISIS and you're like it, 
it's ISIS. You don't, yeah. you can't do that with them. The thing with it, there's people, will be people on the right that will criticize him as well, the hawks, which I'm typically more hawkish on things, mm-hmm. um, but um, definitely not in this case. Um, but then there will be more conservative, actual conservatives that will be like, finally, you know, that right. this is good. But what's weird is you would not expect to get criticism from people like in the military, but you're going to get criticism from the military. Mm-hmm. You're just going to. Um, they criticized when he said he was going to pull troops out of uh, Iraq and Syria. Mm-hmm. Why? Because yeah. they've got buddies that died there. Yeah. And for them, it's very personal. It is to mm-hmm. me, too. Mm-hmm. So, And it's very hard to look at future policy and what's better for the country as a whole when things are... You know, you lose reason when um, when things are very, very personal to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just expect to get a lot of pushback and criticism on this. But you've got to stay focused and centered in. You know, we are not we were never meant to do this. We were never meant to be the world's policemen. We've gotten ourselves into this problem, which is a post-World War II thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we've never scaled back after that. We went full forward because of the Cold War. And then when the Cold War ended, we should have said, Now's when we take a step back. We never did that. So you got to look at it rationally like that. Yeah. Pat, do you agree with uh, the how the average American will view this? Uh, yeah. And I, I, I especially think Jason's right about military person. Well, we hear from yeah. him all the time on that. And um, it does seem like, okay, well, then what was it for? If we leave now and we had all those uh, soldiers die mm-hmm. over there and then al-Qaeda just comes back in or the Taliban just takes over again. What was it all for? But we're going to be saying the same thing in 10 years or 20 years or 30 or 40 down the road. Sometime it's got to be enough because now we're losing even even more guys as time goes on in a lot of times uh, friendly fire by the Afghan forces who have been turned by al-Qaeda or the people we trained all the time people we trained yeah and it's despicable and and it's got to stop yeah uh up next a friend of Ilan Omar claims that Ilan Omar married her brother to get him into school (gasps) oh yeah you're not gonna want to miss this one back in a minute who among us has not (laughs) (laughs) married your brother (laughs) to get him over here to go to school (laughs) did you guys see was it like that New York was like a New York No, gentlemen, you will be shocked to hear that uh, a member of the Somali community in Minneapolis who says that they are a friend of Representative Ilan Omar has gone on the record to claim that Omar did, in fact, marry her brother to get him the papers he needed to go to school in the U.S., Uh, He said that uh, people began noticing that Ilan and Hersey were often with a very effeminate young guy who is um, Ahmed Elmi, who is the brother? Yes. Okay. I need to, it's like you need a, you really need a flow chart for this particular story because there's an old husband and a new husband who's the brother and then the old husband comes back in the picture and then the New old husband is still there Wait, living with them. Is El, so Elmi, is he the brother or is Hersey? That's what I'm asking you, no, Jason. I, I have no idea. I think, I think Elmi, Elmi is the brother. The brother, Hersey yes. Is the husband. Hersey, right, correct. So the, the very effeminate young guy is Elmi, the brother. Uh, he was very feminine in the way he dressed. He would wear light lipstick and pink clothes and very, very short shorts in the summer. People started whispering about him. That's huh. what I do. Every summer. Is it? Oh, yeah. I, the Somali community People will not it. like it. They, they like that, it. Though. It's glorious. No, people like it. Yeah. <laughs> they love it. I'm from Miami. That's no a good one. 
And just light lipstick, you know. Yeah, like a, really, yeah. Like a salmon nothing color. Do, like a not, like a not a dark fluorescent okay. pink, just a light pink okay. shade. Sort okay. of. It's nice. It That's how we dressed a mask in Miami anyway. So he said Hersey and Elon both told me it was Elon's brother and he had been living in London, but he was mixing with what were seen as bad influences that the family didn't like. So they sent him to Minneapolis as rehab. Have you gone to rehab mm. for your light lipstick wearing? No, I, I, there's no need. Okay. <laughs> she said she needed to get him. She said she needed to get papers for her brother to go to school. We all thought she was just getting papers together to allow him to stay in this country. Well, she was kind of. Uh, once she had the papers, they could apply for student loans. They both moved to North Dakota to go to school, but she was still married to Hersey in the Somali way. The only marriage that mattered was the one in the uh, mosque. Uh, that's wow. pretty damning when you've got one of your own yeah. members of your community saying, yeah, not only did she do it, but it sounds like she was just very forthright about it mm-hmm. with him. Like, yeah, we got to get him into school. So uh, we're going to go. And it's about time we're getting corroboration on that story because we've known about this thing for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And she just denies it. And apparently there's bad records in Somalia or whatever. And we can't find out for sure. So, I mean, that's. Another strong indication that that's what's going on. That what what everybody believes was true is true, and right. she's been breaking U.S. law for as long as she's been here. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. How ridiculous is the government that there's obvious people know about this mm-hmm. at this point? Her, but I'm they do. But they have. I'm sure no one's questioned them about it. Mm-hmm. They, this would have come out already. Right. Well, and we, I mean, I will say within the last couple of months, I have read that mm-hmm. like the FBI and ICE. And uh, maybe the DOJ, but that they have been sent uh, some records that I guess they're reviewing. I don't know what's Mm. taking so long. It seems pretty cut and dry. Yeah, so, yeah, so like th- this whole story is like very strange to me. Big time. Um, so, (laughs) well, uh, wait, but what part about it is strange? (laughs) (laughs) So, first, like when when my wife moved here from Cuba. We were going to do our marriage uh, and and do her do her immigration papers through uh, through like a, a similar process, mm-hmm. and I was it was incredibly like strict. Wait, is your wife your also your sister? No, 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 <laughs> no, no. But 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 it was like incredibly strict. We had to provide all sorts of documentation, yeah. corroboration from neighbors, yeah. and all that stuff. Um, so I, I don't know how something like this just kind of like flew under the radar like that. And the second thing I want to point out is that I think it's hilarious. I don't know if you guys saw it, but she was she attacked Megan McCain yesterday yes. for tweeting the story and called her a racist. Yes. Well, that's that's it's her always, go-to yeah. attack, right? You're racist if you accuse her. That's of marrying her brother. Fraud. So <laughs> yeah. your, your confusion is actually what makes this story so crazy because when you so we did a, we did a show. Um, a little while back, where we traced the, the theory all the way back to Somalia. Mm-hmm. And so the theory was, is the family was kind of a large family, and they split based off of when they could get visas and who would sponsor them. Half the family went to here. Again, none of them had documentation. They got it through like an NGO, like a Catholic NGO mm-hmm. was the one that was sponsoring people to go over. Mm. And the other half went to the UK. Now, this guy, her brother, was what was one of the three siblings or whatever that went to the UK and lived there. So, I mean, I can see when they were applying for all these documentation, they're coming from different places. They, right. they have uh, different names because where they went, who sponsored them and went over. It's, yeah. it's the most insane it's, thing ever. Yeah, it really it's is. A very confusing but story. the reporting, all of this, this testimony, which is on record, mm-hmm. verifies all of that yeah. from the get go. Yeah. 
You just have to actually pay attention. Well, uh, good luck to Ilan Omar in that because marriage fraud, uh, if prosecuted, it could provide a penalty of five years imprisonment and a $250,000 fine uh, for anyone who enters into a marriage for the purpose of evading any immigration laws. Good luck to you, Ilan. Uh, really quickly before we have to go, Katie Hill, disgraced former uh -huh. representative Katie Hill, uh, was in an interview with ABC News yesterday and said that uh, regardless of what you may heard, she actually had to resign from Congress because of biphobia. Your story oh, exploded. Um, and I guess political scandals always explode sure. to some, some degree. But how much of it is tied to the fact in your mind that you're bisexual? I think a lot of it is. And oh, it's also partly because I'm a woman, we haven't seen as many right, of the of sex scandals with women. But She's the bisexuality is, is a huge part of it, right? This is oh, a, this is, there's a, a fantasy element of it. There's biphobia that is rampant still, uh -huh. um, and certainly misunderstanding of yeah. what bisexual, bisexuality is. Mm. And it's sensationalizing, <laughs> right? It's, the headlines right. are much, much better than just, oh, Congresswoman has, you know, affair with a former campaign staffer. Mm, because if a man had done it, They'd be fine. certainly yeah. he would not have been punished at all. No, we would have automatically elevated them to president <laughs> of the United States. Congratulations, you're Special the president election. now. <laughs> also, like, there's so much biphobia in Congress, supposedly, oh, that, that, Isn't like, there? Or that, like, that Chris, Kristen Cinema is serving in the United States Senate. And right. no, nobody has a problem with it. Uh, they don't care. They, yeah. it, there could be trisexuals or quadsexuals. Nobody cares in Congress anymore. Yeah, I actually care. would expect that from them because yeah. they're all so nasty. Me, you know, meanwhile, there is an openly out of the closet homosexual mm. right now who is what, what? He's number two in the in, intelligence committee. What yeah. is he? The, the deputy director, uh, national intelligence, and nobody in the media is talking about right. that. Absolutely nobody. But they'll have interviews like this where she says this bullcrap. Mm. Yeah, certainly, yeah. it didn't have anything to do with the fact that she helped pass the rule that uh, members of Congress could not be involved in relationships <laughs> with staffers. Right. Nothing to do with that. Nothing. I was just like, I'm, I'm sorry, like, I, I don't mean to be crass, but I don't know a, a single grown man who's biphobic. It does not exist. Like, that's just... You that's usually just, get, oh, really? Yeah, yeah those stories? <laughs> seriously? Can I watch? Yeah, yeah like, 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 let's just be real here. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just not a thing. Uh, well, insightful thoughts by Giancarlo Sopo. Back in a minute. <laughs> Before we go for the weekend, uh, yesterday's poll results, I don't really want to read because ha -ha. apparently most of you agree with Jason Bushel, so I'd like to just pretend like they didn't happen, but they're telling me that I have to read them. So uh, the question was, who won last night's debate? The majority of you, although I will say it was pretty well uh, divided out, the majority of you said Elizabeth Warren won with 37 so 38% of the vote, followed by Bernie Sanders at 31%, Mike Bloomberg uh, at 20%, and Joe Biden at 12%. I mean, no love who did you think one? No love for Uncle Joe. No. Bernie. Bernie. I thought Bernie won only okay. in the sense that 
he was allowed to just go and remain relatively unscathed because everyone else was shooting yeah. all of their daggers well, at Bloomberg. Except for Bloomberg got a little shot in he there did on with his the houses. wealth as great. a socialist, which was pretty good. And what was good is was you could good. Did you see how he reacted. Oh, he was not used to that. So yes. mad. He was like, ho, ho. Yeah. You know, like, he was pissed. What, like, who among us doesn't have a summer camp? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Please. Like everyone else, I got a summer camp. Uh, today's poll, who would you most want to see debate Trump, Bernie Sanders, Joe Biden, Mini Mike, or Elizabeth Warren? Really quickly, Pat, who do you think? Uh, Bloomberg. Bloomberg. Mm-hmm. Really good. Jason. Joe Biden, I think it would actually be a fist fight. I think it'd be fun. <laughs> Jason just wants assault to happen. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. Giancarlo. I, I would love to see President Trump absolutely wreck Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Yeah. I just this for different reasons. I'd love to see all of them. I could just, just cage, cage fight. Yeah, just kind of swap them out just to have Trump go at him. That'd be great. Uh, let us know what you think. Have a good weekend. We'll see you Monday. Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.